Hi, listener. For those who are sensitive to language, some mild language is used around the 41-minute mark. All right, enjoy the interview. Welcome to Laura Asks About Motherhood, where I, Laura Pruitt, ask my guests about their experiences of being a mom. Today's guest is a lady who is a therapist by practice in general mental health counseling. She focuses on addictions, trauma, and anxiety. She also co-owns a winery with her husband and their best friend. Sounds like so much fun. She has two kids, her son Cameron, who is 14, and her daughter Cadence, who is nine. Please welcome this lovely lady, Vanessa. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, happy to be here. So, Vanessa, did you always know you wanted kids? Um, there was a brief, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is that I, I did hit a brief time in, in my emerging adulthood where I felt, while feeling invincible, I said, I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. I don't want any of that. I just want to flow through this world however I want to. Right. Um, but then I met my now husband and then I was like, Oh, I do want all of those things with this person. And the thought of just, you know, growing a child inside me, uh, and having the, you know, being fortunate to be able to do that, uh, was something I wanted to experience. So I think after I got over that part, of like, oh, freedom. I never wanted to end. I was like, no, I, I want to experience that for That's sure. So sweet. Aww. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How old were you when you became a mom? Um, I accidentally became a mom right after. Uh, so I found out I was pregnant right after I turned 21, which is like the universe's cruel joke. Um, <laughs> like I turned 21 and two weeks later, it's like, yeah, you're pregnant. So um, and then so I had my son a couple of months before I turned 22. So I was 21. And how did your age affect your mothering or did it? Um, for myself, it, it didn't, I mean, it was like a, you know, you're 21. Oh, this is a bummer, but I embraced it. I think I was fortunate to have life circumstances that, you know, led me to grow up kind of early Um, and I had two younger sisters, so babies were always around, you know, taking care of babies wasn't weird to me or scary because I'd always been around them. Um, age, you know, I was trying to finish up my bachelor's degree and just struggling, you know, working part-time. So I don't think age affected me in any negative way. If anything, it was a positive in hindsight, even though I didn't want children so early, I'm glad I, I'm glad it happened because I'm going to be 40 when he graduates high school. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, to be a young mom, there's so much time then to just enjoy their, their existence, you know, and watch them grow. And then when they have kids, you'll be a young grandpa, you know, so it didn't affect it in any negative way other than you know, you don't get to enjoy young adulthood in the same way and not having the opportunity to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Sure. But yeah. Just you accept that. That's just part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that question before. How old will I be when my baby graduates high school? <laughs> I have to yeah. do some math real quick. I don't know. Uh, I think in my fifties. <laughs> I think I'll be just by the time I give birth to this baby, I'll I'll be like right, right before my 34th birthday. So yeah, like 52 or something like that. Anyway. Huh? Okay. Everybody's journey is so different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had, I had my second child five years later. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to be 45 when both of my kids are out of high school. That's like a whole nother life. Think about it. 
And my husband's like, let's have another, let's have another. I'm like, no, man, February is closed. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to the next part. I'm not in a hurry, but I'm looking forward to it, you know, because, you know, if you think about age affecting it, you know, we, we got together, we were engaged and then I found out I was pregnant. So we did things kind of backwards, but you know, so we started having children very early in our relationship. So then I'm thinking long-term, like all of this time that we'll have together that we didn't get early on, you know, some people are to, you know, married five plus years, for example, before they have children. So they have the opportunity to just have each other and that's it. So we didn't have that <laughs> for very long. <laughs> right. So oh, I, look forward, so cool. I look forward to that part. You know, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, you kind of already answered this next question, uh, but do you have any other thoughts on what it was like to shift to the role of mom? Um, well, I mentioned acceptance, um, because you can, you can, you can choose the path of hardship. And I, and I say that lightly. Um, I don't say that lightly, I should say, because it's hard, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances becoming a mother is difficult for a woman. Um, because, you have this tiny baby that you have to like keep alive. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with where, where I'm at with that for sure. Great. Um, did becoming a mom change the way others saw you or treated you? Um, I wouldn't say, I guess a little bit in that my husband was in, um, was in a band at the time that was traveling all over the Midwest. And uh, th- some of the band members were a little apprehensive about the situation. It's like, oh, is this changing your ability to like tour in a band? And it, it didn't. But um, I think for, you know, my mom and my mother-in-law got nervous that it would derail me from my goals, you know, professionally, academically, because I was in college. And, uh, they were worried, but I, you know, I made it work. So I would say the, the short answer is no. Um, other than people were like, oh, you're having a kid. Doesn't your life just stop? You know, everything goes on pause so you can raise a child. I'm like, not really. (laughs) I still want to do all the things. It's just going to be more challenging, but I'm open to that, you know? So, and I was lucky to have support. So not, yeah, nothing really, nothing changed. I think being in the circumstances that I was where I was already in a relationship that we were committed and like planning to get married. I think people, it was easier to accept for others if, if, if that matters. Yeah. 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 There is definitely a perception of like wanting to wait to have kids in just general society at large, but Mm -hmm. That's so rude. The people would say, does not suck. You're having kids so young. That's so rude. Like, oh, your life's over. I'm like, no, no, it's just, it's just part of it. Really? <laughs> it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely felt like I, my life would be over. Like I would die. Like I, I would no longer be Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that, oh, I, I don't have to change necessarily. I mean, motherhood, of course, I imagine will change me in in many ways, but it's not like I'm going to be just a mom and there's nothing wrong with that either. It it was very complicated. I had, I had to work through a lot of stuff (laughs) to get to the point where I am now. I guess, you know, for me, you said that, and that made me think of all of the times because, you know, I got pregnant I was 21 and all of our friends, you know, my husband's five years older than me. So all of his friends that I met are you know, that much older than me, we had children first in the friend group by a long shot. And, you know, over time, they're like, Oh my gosh, you make it look so easy. You know, you're just such a great mom. It's, it's like, it doesn't phase you. And, and I'm like, but it is hard and it is challenging. And I am like, you know, freaking out and sometimes and, but I, I also have, so they looked at me differently in that way of, of the perception being that I was so great and I I made it look easy, but I had to, I did, I wasn't afraid to tell them that like, okay, maybe I make it look easy, but it's not, (laughs) it's still very challenging. Um, but I just, 
I just do it. I don't know. Like you don't have a choice. You just do it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's uh-huh. why it's easy. It's just, I just do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but that's, that was really my approach the whole time. Just like, Oh, this is happening. So it's just, I'm going to make it the best. Great. Yeah. Did becoming a mom change the way you saw other people or treated others? Well, I became it, it, so young adulthood, you're very much living in the moment, which is a good way to be. But when you have a child, you're really thinking long-term and you have to think about the consequences of your actions. And you have to think about the world a little differently because you have to keep this tiny person alive. Um, so I did become a little more protective and, and vigilant uh, just so I could be the most aware of what's going on around me and like take care of this person. So, yeah. And it, and it gave, you know, it gave life and, and ex- living just more meaning, you know, um, you know, biologically that's what we're designed to do, but our human brains, it's so much more than that. Um, which is, you know, things that you never have never felt before. Like you didn't realize you were capable of loving someone so in just such a crazy way, like brings you to tears. Like it's, so I saw the world differently. It's this extra level of, of love for another being, you know, that it wasn't possible with anyone else. Cause like I made this. <laughs> Aww, that's so sweet. Aww. So you mentioned that Cameron was, came a little earlier than maybe you anticipated. Um, were either of your kids planned and yes or no, how'd that affect your mothering or did it? Um, Cameron was not planned. The first one cadence was, um, and it actually got to the point cause we just, you know, we're young, you were young and just having this kid around and they finally reached, you know, like four is the magical number. That's when they just kind of start coming out of toddlerhood and they're coming little people and their you their personalities in full bloom and you see you know their level of intelligence and what they're doing with it anyway so we were just loving that but then we're looking around we're like why are we still waiting for the next one because you're like oh we have to wait for the right time the right time it's got to be the perfect time then there's that's not that's not real like there's never a perfect time there's never the right time so we were just like, okay, well, we, we have to do this now. And uh, we were also fortunate that it wasn't hard to <laughs> conceive children. So we're like, oh, I guess we'll have another kid now. And then boom, there she was. Yay. So the second one was planned because, you know, Cameron got older and he got to the age where he can, you know, take care of himself in a way, you know, he's potty trained. He can feed himself. He can express his needs and desires and can play independently and all the things you that are helpful when uh, you want to have a second child. <laughs> all the mothers that have two under two, props, huge props. Because I don't, I don't know if I would have been capable. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really hard. Yes, but a lot of people yes. do it. Yeah. So yeah, the second one was planned, and that was that was a much easier thing um, to. And it's it's kind of cool to be like, let's have a kid. Okay, and then you do. That was pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Not cool. a lot in life goes according to plan, but when it does, it's yeah. very nice. Bonus. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. How has your mothering changed after having the second kid or has it? Well, yes. Mothering definitely changes and it's for myself and, and what I kind of see in here is the first child is you want to do everything right. You're really caught up in, well, I mean, you're, you're inexperienced. So everything is new. Everything's the first time. So the second time you already have experience. And so you already know from your experience, whether it's time to freak out or not, for example, or like, oh, I've had sleepless nights due to having a newborn. So like, that's not new. And I've had diaper blowouts. That's not new. You know, I've had tantrums. That's not new. You know, so it's, it it happens and it's not like, 
oh my gosh, this has never happened before. I have to experience this for the first time and then dealing with everything that goes with that. So it does. And I feel like, you know, all things considered, barring no extraneous variables that are extreme, the second child is much easier for sure. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard similar, um, sentiments before, but I, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone break it down quite like that before. Like, oh, I've already had the newborn phase. I've already had tantrums. I've already gone through blowouts. So like, oh, okay. So it's just like kind of riding a bike. You're like kind of getting yeah. in the hang of things, the swing of well, things. It, even the birthing experience, you experienced it once before. And the fact that you're willing to do it again. Okay. I know what to expect. And I'm willing to do that to have this other child. And I know what to expect. So I'm not freaking out. Cause I was freaking out the first one. <laughs> I was the second one breeze. breeze. Great. Yeah. I would, I'm not saying I had no pain and like, it wasn't a thing cause it was, but comparatively much better, much better experience. Nice. That mm-hmm. is awesome. Side mm-hmm. note, anytime a sale sa- or like a store says they're having a blowout sale, I'm like, do they know <laughs> what that means? <laughs> Does anyone know what that means? <laughs> I always think of poopy diapers. Yeah. Yes. It's a thing. Ugh. Um, so you mentioned your husband. How has having him around affected the way you mother? Hmm. Well, he um he's the one in the partnership that works more works more hours, is away from the home more often. Um, so I, I say he's the fun one because I'm more of the disciplinarian. The disciplinarian on a regular basis. But if I need something driven hard home, you know, with like great effectiveness, then he's my guy. Um, so I feel like we... we we have a really good partnership. So, you know, as I'm finishing undergrad with the first one and then finishing grad school with the second one, you know, we, we played tag team. So like he would work during the day, come home and I would go to school or work in the evening. And so it was like, Oh, hi, see you. Bye. You know? And, um, okay. I got dinner ready or prepped. So you just got to do this and then he's ready. Uh, so it was very much like a, a team so he's my partner, you know, he's like my, my, my partner, uh, in that respect, you know, parenting. Um, but it's been a good balance, you know, and he, he lets me kind of take the lead on most things just because I have had that role and it's not like you versus me. It's just, well, that's just what it is. You know, you take the lead cause you're here more often. You can, you know, have more of the, the follow through congruency consistency. Um, so that's been nice. So yeah, uh, it's been good. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, hasn't affected me in any negative way, having him around to share the mothering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been an asset really. <laughs> Yay. And that's great. when I need a break from mothering, he's there. Yay. I gotta, I gotta go. So you, you stay here and I'm going to go as <laughs> part of that tag team. Yeah. Yes. Like we're not going to work or school. I'm just going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not, you're staying. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. That sounds exhausting. Mm-hmm. Your undergrad and then grad school with both yeah. your kids when they're really little. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was, I couldn't have done it without the support of my husband, of course, but his in-laws and his aunt, I mean, I'm sorry, my in-law. So his parents and his aunt were huge supports of just, just the childcare part, really just childcare so that we could do our, like work our jobs and I could do school internships when it was happening. Um, and then, you know, doing the daycare thing, I was fortunate to only have to do that a very little, but it was there. So that was a good setup. Yeah, it was challenging. It was. <laughs> But what? Yeah, yeah that's it. awesome that you had so much support around. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. It is. And if, you know, and to that, I encourage all moms to 
you know, don't be afraid and if possible, avoid guilt for asking for help. If the people are there and they're willing to help you, let them, let them help you because you, you need it. It takes, they say it takes a village for a reason. You can't do it all by yourself. You can't. And if you think you can, you'll quickly find you'll enter burnout city really quick where you're just exhausted. So if people are offering your help, take it because if they didn't want to, they wouldn't offer. That's a hard thing for people to accept, but it's true. That is a good reminder. Um, Mm -hmm. It makes me think I was listening to a podcast. Oh dear. What was I listening to? Uh, I think I was listening to the badass breastfeeder podcast. Um, and they talk a lot about breastfeeding, obviously, but also like different aspects of parenting. And they had, um, a, like a child development specialist on for one of the episodes. And the specialist was saying that in like communal living, like a lot of the Western world, we're very separate from each other. And there's not a whole lot of community support for a lot of people, but in places where there's more communal living and people are much more connected, um, they have found that there's like a four to one ratio, four adults to one child. So that one child has like four adults it can go to for different things. And so expecting a mom to be able to quote unquote, do it all is really unrealistic. It's like not possible. And they're saying that like, you know, it, it can be kind of a deprivation if you think about it in that way, if there's not those four adults around that the child can go to. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a, a good way to think about it because a lot of people don't have the support. They don't have family around necessarily to help out with kids, but. Right. Hi, Laura here. Real quick. I went back to my listening history and tried to find the podcast I was referencing. I was mixing up stuff in my mind. I definitely found the episode of the Badass Breastfeeding podcast where they spoke to a child development psychologist, but they talked about sleep. So if you're interested in that episode, they spoke with Tracy Castles in episode 82, but they didn't talk about this four to one ratio I quoted. I cannot find where I heard that. Or maybe I read it somewhere. I've been listening to and reading a lot of books about pregnancy, labor, birth, parenting in the last couple of months as a way to prepare for you know, my upcoming labor and birth and parenting journey. So take this quote, the four to one ratio thing with a grain of salt. I cannot find who said it and in what context. And again, I only brought it up to illustrate the fact that expecting one or even two parents to provide, quote, everything, unquote, for their child is unrealistic and puts too much pressure on the parents. Vanessa said just a moment ago that it takes a village to raise a child. And while I've heard that my whole life, it is so true. We need each other to help each other out back to the interview. Yeah. But it it takes the pressure off. Like if people are offering mm -hmm. to help accept it. So that's what I'm trying to tell myself right now. That's really good (laughs) reminder. Yeah. Well, and also if people are around and you need the help, ask for it. It's both ways. You know, Um, if you need help and you have a partner, ask for help. That's okay. Everyone has their limit. And we need rest. We need a minute to just collect ourselves and, and, you know, think about ourselves outside of a mother role. And that's okay too. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be a mother and, you know, it's a part of, it's just a part of you. It's not all of you, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. especially in those first six months or so for first time moms, it can be really hard. There's so many feelings and emotions and thoughts and swirling around, uh, you know, managing expectations that you have of yourself or that you think others have of you. And it's really easy. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help and be willing to accept the help when it's offered for sure. Good reminder. Thank you, Vanessa. (laughs) This is coming from a mental health counselor. This is coming from a mental health specialist. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I do work with women who, um, deal with postpartum depression and I have to tell them that it's what you're feeling is okay. Like it's okay that you have these feelings. It's okay if you feel guilt, but you have to do something about it too. Whether that's 
asking for help so you can take some time for yourself or asking for reassurance from your partner or reminding yourself that you are a good mom. It's okay if your baby cries. It's okay if you don't get the breastfeeding right away. It's okay if, you know, you work full time and only get to spend a couple hours in the evening, all of those things. It's okay. Um, Take the time to really absorb all of those precious positive moments that you have with your child and use that to sustain you for all the times that you feel, you know, all the negative negativity creeping in and you can counter that with with the memories you made of the positive, Um, you know, and always, you know, if you're having significant depression postpartum, like please talk to your doctor. Um, But sometimes just meeting with a therapist or just knowing that you are I'm doing the right thing. My baby is healthy. I'm healthy and everything's like, okay. I'm, you know, we're okay. Then it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I think there's a real power on being present. It's really easy to get sucked into worrying about the past or the future, but just being present I think is really, really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's really helpful for a baby too. If any connection you have with a small child. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, try to be around other mothers. So like, like you were talking about with the communal part, uh, if you're experiencing postpartum challenges, find a support group because there's other women guaranteed that are feeling the exact same way you are. Or if you feel alone in the mothering world, find a mom's group. They're out there in your community, find them so that you get that connectedness, you know, a feeling that shared experience with other women. It's, it's very powerful. Yes. I look forward to, I feel like right now I don't have time to reach out for stuff like that because I'm so busy with work, but once I'm in my maternity leave, I'll probably want that. So it's a good reminder for me to reach out. Yeah. And not just be Mm -hmm. stuck at home all day by myself with the baby. Yeah. 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 The park is the best place. If you live in a community where there's a a park, go. There's so many moms and they're Mm -hmm. all feeling the same way you are Mm -hmm. and just make eye contact and say hi. Uh (laughs) Uh Talk about being a mom because everyone knows what you're talking about. (laughs) Noted. Thank you. Uh So Vanessa, how does your religion or spirituality affect your mothering or non-religion or spirituality? Um, there's no, well, it doesn't affect me at all. Um, I don't practice any religion. Um, I find myself to be spiritual, you know, in my connectedness with like the earth, you know, in the universe. And that's, kind of where it ends for me. Um, but my parents and my husband's parents are, you know, Christians. So I, you know, I, my kids go to church with them if they want, you know, it's always holidays, but like, you know, the Christmas Eve and Easter. Um, and if they want to go, they go. Although sometimes I'm like, no, you go with them because I need just go like, it's good for you. Just go. I mean, I was raised that way, Um, but as an adult, I chose, you know, other beliefs, but I don't, I don't hide the religions of the world for my children. I share, when we're honest about, because my husband and I are the same, like we're honest about our views, but we allow them to make the choice of what they want to believe in, you know? Um, And that's really where, that's it. I mean, just like you, we are happy to show that to you, share that with you, give you knowledge about that. Um, but this is what we believe, but you, you believe what you want. You know, if you want to go to church with your friend, go, it's fine. That's really it. <laughs> so yeah. it hasn't, there's been no effect other than that. It's choosing to be open with them and allow them to, you know, just kind of interpret all of that for themselves and answer questions and be honest, you know? Yeah. 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 Spirituality is such a personal thing anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you said, you grew up, your parents are Christians. You grew up Mm -hmm. going to church, but that's not necessarily what you do now. So it's like, 
very, very different from what your parents are doing because it's so personal for you. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you just have that really open conversation with your kids because it's a very personal thing for them too. Right. And I want them to not feel like they can't ask questions or that they can't be curious or they can't explore things on their own. You know, we, even though I came from that and my husband came from that, we appreciate the values that were instilled in us as an extension of that. It's not like it's inherently terrible if they want to believe in, in Christianity or whatever, you know? So it's like, as long as you can maintain the values, whatever you want, man, but like first do no harm, you know? And so it's, it's, you know, following these very core values that are, you know, across the board with any of that. And then just allowing them to just, yeah, be curious. Nice. How does your culture affect your mothering? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. I guess, you know, I'm a Caucasian female born and raised in the U.S. And I was born in Virginia, grew up in Kentucky, moved to Indiana with my husband. So I don't, I don't have any kind of specific like culture, like that's like a traditional, I guess, I guess traditions, if I'm going to, if I can, I can say that um, we do have like traditions that are largely based in American culture. Um, and so we do follow that, like, you know, holiday traditions and things that are culturally based on that things that are, uh, you know, historically valued for America as a nation, you know, uh, patriotism and things like that. Things like American traditional values, patriotism, things like that we, it's more of those values that we just extend to the children. So if I'm going to answer that question of culture affecting how I raise my child, um, it's just letting them, you know, helping them to have gratitude for the freedoms that we are afforded living where we live and the um, amenities and the access to anything, anything. Um, But also that there is opportunity everywhere and that you have to work for that and you earn what you have um, and uh, that things aren't just handed to you, you know? Um, So culturally, I think it's very much those uh, just American values of like, it's out there if you want it, but you got to go get it. It's not going to be handed to you. So I I think that's, that's a good answer to your question. Yeah. Yeah. I leave it very Mm -hmm. open because culture is another one of those things that's super personal to people. Mm -hmm. So it could be Mm -hmm. interpreted in many different ways. True. Yeah. So it's just interesting to hear what people have to say and how Mm -hmm. sometimes there are surprising things that come out of um, how their culture affects their mothering or I'll, I'll interview some people and they'll say it doesn't affect me at all. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just well, different for everyone. I guess. Yeah. As I like just kind of openly, openly thought about that question. Uh, I'm like, huh? Well, actually we very much align with those, those American values of there's all this opportunity here, but you have to go get it and personal responsibility and accountability and like, we will support you, but you have to earn that or it's not going to be handed to you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so your mom is still living. What kind of relationship with, do you have with your mom? She and I are very close. We're very close. Um, you know, I grew up in a single mother household. So back to having to kind of grow up kind of fast being the oldest, uh, daughter with two younger sisters, you assume that role, at least I did, I assumed that role of um, just maturity and responsibility and not having to be told what to do because I didn't want to put any more of a burden on my mom, which we can really unpack that one. But for the sake of this interview, (laughs) um, that's how our relationship has affected me. And then carried me into motherhood because I had already had all of this maturity early on and 
felt comfortable taking on that, that mother type role, you know, without being, I didn't need to be told what to do because I felt like I just knew it inherently. I don't know. It just came very natural to me. Um, but she was a good model for that too, because she's very nurturing. Um, she's a very caring, compassionate person. So she modeled all of those things for me. Um, and also just, you know, hardworking and um, like, no matter what, you will always have food in your belly and love in your heart. Like always, you know? So I never felt like I went without, even though I probably did, but it didn't feel that way. Mm, so <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, carried us into my adulthood of uh, where um, I, I feel like I can talk to her about pretty much anything. Um, and yeah, we're very close. Yeah. That's awesome. She's someone I can go to. Yeah. Go to for questions and like, you know, cause I, of course I still struggled as a mom and I'm like, is this okay? Like this is happening. What do I do? <laughs> so I felt very comfortable to be able to go to her for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of leads nicely into my next, next question then how does your relationship with your mom affect your mothering you mentioned you talk and like ask questions and she modeled stuff for, mm -hmm. for you but do you have any other thoughts um well yeah, having the support and someone that I could go to for questions um but I think like with any any person so if you say how did how did your mom affect your mothering I could look at my mother's role and say, okay, those are the things that I want to keep, want to borrow from that. And now I know what I want to do different, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's more of having consistency and presence in their life um, and not being so concerned about, like, I'm, I'm good with, I will provide for you and you will have it. You will have what you need. And then I don't need to work harder than that. Does that make sense? Like, I don't mm -hmm. need to, I don't feel like I need to be away from the home all the time and working, working, working to give them everything, everything, everything. I'll do enough for what matters. And then I can still be there present in the home. You know what I mean? And then I'm fortunate. I don't, I'm not raising children as a single mother. So I have that going for me, but um, I make it a point that I'm not, I could do so much more with my career, but I don't want to, because I want to be home with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. yeah. It's being able to find that balance, you know, and not feeling like I'm forced to, you know, provide because I have, and I have, because I have a partner. So I made sure that I was in a position to not have to do it all by myself. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. Good. Yeah. Did your relationship with your mom change once you had kids? No, I think if anything, it, it enhanced it. I think mm -hmm. it kind of, now I had the experience of being a mother and we could have that shared experience together. And, uh, and I know she felt good being able to, you know, give me advice and like normalize things and no, it's okay. Like you're doing the right thing and you are a good mom and I'm proud of you and all of that. So yeah, if anything, it just enhanced our relationship for the better. That's so sweet. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> what is something about motherhood that has been surprising? Um, just how much you can get done on very little sleep. Um, <laughs> how when things feel so very overwhelming, you, you can keep going and you can get things accomplished. Um, yeah, that's really, I think it just really helped me to not get so stuck on what I expected to happen because there's always going to be something else. Like you, you can only plan to a point, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's really it. I think mm -hmm. that is encouraging and kind of liberating for me to hear. <laughs> Good. I'm a little worried about the lack of sleep. So I'm doing as much as I can to prepare for an, 
as easy a transition as possible for this yeah. baby is born. Um, but then also I tend, I tend to overthink and overplan. And so just trying to be okay with the fact that I have, I'm just gonna have to go with the flow sometimes and not oh. stress about right. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. let it, let it go. And that, that will be such a weight off my shoulders just to let it go and let it be. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. Um, and when you think you don't need another diaper or outfit, you do. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> <laughs> just bring it, just bring the extra <laughs> diaper and outfit. Just bring it. <laughs> <That's funny>. uh, <laughs> what has been hard about motherhood? Oh, well, a lot of it, most of it. Um, it's not easy. I mean, I like the challenge of it. I think the hardest part is for me, honestly, it's seeing them grow up. They're growing up and the world, the world's still happening. The world is still being the world. And then having, knowing that they have to go in to the world as adults and deal with those challenges too. And in ways that you don't know, because anything could happen, you know, if you think about just what's changed in the last 10 years and what's expected to change in the next 10 years when they're emerging into adulthood. So it's, it's hard for me to, to watch that and know, like, know what's coming for them and know that they're going to have to go through those challenges and almost feeling like guilty about it. It's like, oh man, I brought you into this world and now you have to live with these challenges that are ahead of you. You know, it's almost like, I don't even, you know, I don't want any more kids because look at the shit that they have to live in. Like, it's crazy. So that's the hardest part is just knowing and it's, you know, and suffering is suffering is living, you know, it's just what it is. Um, but as a mom, I want to protect them. Like, I don't want them to be hurt or sad or, you know, have any kind of adversity, but I also have to accept that that's just, that's what living is. Um, and know that like, well, no matter what, I'll be there for them. So that's how I kind of counter that. It's like, well, I'll be there for them. And you know, let them experience those things, but be right there for them if they needed any help. So that's the hardest part. It's just like, okay, I brought you here. I'm raising you the best I can, but you still have to go out and experience all of these things that are not easy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of a couple of different things. Um, when my best friend died, I was shocked that the world kept turning and like things kept happening and life just goes on. And it's been over seven years now and I'm still like, you know, it's hard. And so it's like just the idea of kids growing up and you're like, things are still happening, even though there's like all these milestones and stuff that we're going through together (laughs) and the world is still awful in some ways. But it also makes me think of like um, in my spiritual uh, path, you know, at church, they teach us that you can't really know or appreciate the good without knowing the bad. Mm-hmm. You have to have both to really, truly appreciate joy and happiness. Um, so that's really sweet that you're like, you know, it's sometimes life is going to suck and it's going to be hard, but I'll be there with you to help you through right. it. Yeah. Right. Right. So back to just being very open and honest, age appropriate. But open and honest with them about like the world. You know, this is what it is. We're not going to age appropriate hide things from you Mm -hmm. um, because we want you to understand what you're what you're up against, and not all bad. I'm just saying, I can't just hide you in this bubble and then send you forth into the world when you're Mm -hmm. 18 years old and expect you to like not be sticker shocked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reality bleed in enough yeah. so that they're not going in the world with rose colored glasses, you know, because then what am I setting them up for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unrealistic expectations. That's not fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. That sounds tricky. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> it is. So like my daughter's like, mom, I'm afraid of what's happening, you know, on the other side of the world right now. <sighs> Me too. Me too, doll. You know, and just being, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know, babe. And that's just what it is, you know, and like, just, I just have to sit there with her in that uncomfortable feeling, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be like, everything's going to be okay, honey. Cause I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be okay. Right. But yeah. I do counter that with, but mommy's going to do everything I, I, in my power to keep you safe. Yeah. You know, that you can count on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That is really beautiful. That that sounds hard, but it, it sounds like it has its own beauty in its own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about motherhood brings you joy? Um, well, I love watching them grow into little people and seeing the effect that they're having on the world. I love that. That brings me a lot of joy and seeing their own kind of personal inclinations, you know, because uh, they're very different people. And, and just seeing them kind of, you know, they're old enough now that their personalities are very apparent. So like what type, you know, generally type personality they're going to have. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, having fun with them and doing things with them and watching them experience the world is a lot. That brings me a lot of joy showing them things like I'm taking them for their first concert together um, in August. Can't wait. You know, that's so fun. Yeah. So I love that part of it. Just showing them all of these new, every, all these things that are still new to them because they're children, you know, that they can experience. Um, and the older they get, the more things they get to see and do. And, uh, then, you know, they can ask questions and get curious and, you know, it just, you know, okay. Oh, going on a cross country vacation with your kids. That sounds like a lot of work. Oh, yeah, it is. Cause you got to pack a car full of stuff and all the things you have to remember took like five lists of things for everyone. Um, but once you do all the work part and you're in it and it's happening, oh my gosh, it's a blast. It's so fun. You know, like we went to the Grand Canyon and just like watching them and I hadn't been there either, but in going to like the Arizona desert and just like watching them take that in and like the wonder, you know, and being there with them to experience like that is fun. So, oh, I can't go on cross country road trips with my kid. Yes, you can. And do it. Just do it. It's, it's great. It's great. It's fun. Like just do it. We've been driving like from Northern Indiana to Southern Virginia every year for years, every, since they were four months old, I'm breastfeeding in the back seat, changing diapers on the floor of the car. You just do it. It's fine. It's fun. <laughs> then we stop at the gas station and eat ice cream. You know what I mean? It's just, it's fun. Just do it. I so, love that so much. <laughs> yeah. That does sound like fun. It, it uh, is. It is. But it's like, choose to, like you said, be in the moment and like, this is fun. Oh, they're crying in the car seat. Yeah, they're one and they're stuck in a car seat. So, you know, play a game with, you know, just like make it work. (laughs) It's okay. The crying is temporary, but the memories. Mm -hmm. Aw, I have to ask what concert are you going to? Imagine Dragons. Fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought that'd be a good one for their first. And they both love that band. So it, it works. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they're excited. I just Yay. bought the tickets like two days ago. They're really stoked. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. It was on Yay. April. It was on my son's like, is this April Fool's joke? And I'm like, actually, no, this is real. And I'm excited. Are you excited? He's like, yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. Um, what advice would you give someone like me who's getting ready for motherhood? Well, I think I've peppered in advice all through this. Um, it's remembering um, everything you're thinking and feeling is okay. Everything that you're thinking and feeling is totally normal. Ask for help. Accept help when it's offered. Um, be in the moment. 
and don't hold back from going on those adventures with your child, you know, and just, you know, if you're worried about not having all the things, then just bring all the things fine, bring all the things who cares. You'll be comfortable. Baby will be comfortable and you can enjoy that, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, always bring an extra diaper and an extra <laughs> keep, outfit keep diapers in the glove box. Like I'm serious. <laughs> like you, you don't understand. I had one in there forever and it's like a size too small and it's like, well, I really need it. And it's there. <laughs> so just stash diapers everywhere. <laughs> I'm serious. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like in the glove, like in the center console of your car, just like stuff a couple in there. Cause I'm serious. It would be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad these are in here right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, Vanessa, it has been such a joy talking with you. I really appreciate Thank your time. You. Yeah. Do you yeah, have, absolutely. yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, I mean, I wish peace and joy for all any new mothers out there. Um, yeah, just really take in those moments when they're teeny and, and those, those bonding hormones are flowing because that is, it's a feeling and emotion that is unlike anything you'll ever experience for sure. For sure. I mean, that child is, is, and always will be a part of you right down to the cellular level, the atomic level, like that is your, that is your baby. So take all that in and, um, Try not to let, you know, those super challenging experiences muddle the pure joy, you know, and excitement of, of being a mom because it's there for sure. I'll listen back to this when I'm having one of those hard times. <laughs> yeah. Just shoot me a message and I'm happy to walk you through it. <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been really nice talking to you. I appreciate it. You too. Vanessa, thank you so much for talking and being so open with me. I really appreciate your insights and candor. I feel like your words to accept and ask for help carry more weight as a mental health professional because it is a crucial part of mental wellness. If you, listener, are experiencing postpartum depression or any postpartum mood disorder, or if you know someone experiencing a postpartum mood disorder, there are resources to help. One is the Postpartum Support International at postpartum.net. You can call their helpline at 1-800-944-4773 or text HELP to that same number, 800-944-4773. If you are in the United States, you can also call the National Helpline any day, any time of day at 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. These numbers are also in the show notes. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month! If you would like to come on the podcast and share your experiences of being a mom, send me a message. Or if you know someone who would be interested in being on the podcast, send them my way. I'd love to chat. You can reach out to me on the Laura Asks About Motherhood Facebook page or Instagram account. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and thanks for listening. Thank you.